This is the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Tonight we have a very special guest. He is from he is born in New York City. He stands five foot eight, 163 pounds. He is the ALW Rapid Fire Champion. He was also a member of the Brothers in Arms tag team, PWE tag team champions. He was trained by Elijah Burke. He's awesome truth. The cutter is his uh, signature move. Welcome to the show, Jason Duggan. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, appreciate Absolutely. your time, Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate your time. So, man, the basic question, first off, what got you started as a wrestling fan and into the business? Uh, well, when I was adopted, uh, my adopted mom was into pro wrestling, so she was into, like, Hogan and Macho Man. So that's how I got introduced, uh, watching some WCW, and uh, from there, I just fell in love with it. Okay. Rico, the classics right there. Well, I just saw. I actually just watched one of your matches, man. Um, with Moose, I gotta say, I love the strategy. Love the strategy. <laughs> like, oh, that dude's big, man. I mean, yeah, I saw that. Like you took that power bomb. I was like, oof, man. But I gotta say, when at the very end, when you took that spear through that table, man, that looked like it really hurt. Like, were you selling really good, or did you actually need a second before they pulled you off? True, I was selling really good. Hey, hey, uh, Moose is really a, good. Yeah, he's a he's a professional and uh the power bomb I didn't feel, spear I didn't feel. I even did a flip for him for the first spear. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it was he's just a professional, man. It's a reason why he's at the level he's at, man, you know. Yeah, but I, I love that at the beginning, man, how you were just playing the mind games like kept let me get back out the ring, just mess with this guy. Prolong this. Well, when, when you're a smaller competitor, you you learn to use that size and and with brothers in arms, I usually keep them at bay. So you know my strategy doesn't work. You got to watch out for two other guys outside. You know it's like all right, well, I got the numbers on my hand. You know even if he has a size. Gotcha. Nice. All right, it's like Rick, Nico, Nikki. So how long have you been in the professional wrestling business total? How many years? Going on going on seven. Seven years. I, I trained I have I've had I have a list of who's who's that have trained me. I started out with Larry Sabisco, you know, uh, mm. Alex the Pug Porto, uh Deanna Perrazzo, Loki, um, Coach Steele. Um I, I, Alex, uh, uh, Cedric Alexander, Jack Gallagher. So I, I've trained with a, a list of who's who wrestlers. You know, uh, the Pope. Hmm. So you put the you went to multiple different um, wrestling schools, basically, just to like do harness. Yeah. I'm sure they that wasn't all in the same spot. I'm guessing that you went to multiple different ones, right? Um. Yes and no. Um, I went to Pro Wrestling 2.0. So Pro Wrestling 2.0 I had just a bunch of coaches that was there. Um, okay. They were kind of considered like the next NXT. Okay. Because you just had so many people just coming in. I mean, I, when I first started wrestling, I remember Sammy Callahan was there. I remember uh, Shane Strickland was there. Derby Allen was there. Um, 
you know, a lot of people there. And then, you know, uh, I got good friends that I, you know, trained, trained around or, you know, who start out the business with me, like uh, Lacey. She goes under a different name in WWE, uh, something Carter, Caden Carter. Caden um, Carter. We started around the same time. So, oh, I, you know, man. I've been around a lot of good wrestlers that helped. Okay. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Very man. cool. Now, you, um, I, I was listening to another uh, podcast, and it was um, you were sharing a story about where the, that you had a hard time in your one what part of your life that you decided, hey, it's either going to be stay in trouble all the time or do something good, and you chose pro wrestling as that something different. And I, yeah. I love the fact that you, I think you said that you, um, you you worked with Loki and Elijah Burke, and one of the philosophies was giving back to the community. Is that like a mission of yours for when you wrestle? Absolutely. I, I believe in paying it forward. I believe mm -hmm. um, I was a troubled youth. You know, um, I'm not I'm not shy about my story. I went to prison. I did five years. Um, usually when you go to prison, you're, you're known as a statistic. Your job security, you're going to come back. And that's what they told me. Kid, you'll be back. Um, just recently, that same very prison that told me I'd be back is the same very prison that has reached out to me to come in and talk to the inmates. Wow. Nice. That's dude. impressive. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. You know, so, you know, uh, I believe everybody has a reason in life for why things happen to them. Mm -hmm. I don't regret going to prison or anything like that. You know, um, I made a decision. Do I want to be a statistic? go in and out of lockup or do I want to take what I've dealt with in life and make it into a positive. So usually when I wrestle, it, it mainly was to give back to others, meaning younger youth. Because, yeah. you know, once you tell a kid you're a bad kid, you know, it, it sticks yep. to them. You know, it's like, oh, I must be bad. And, you know, you work with foster kids. Absolutely. So and a lot of those kids come from broken homes and they don't really have a guidance, and there's all so much you can do. You know, you're not with them 24-7, you know. So, you know, they, I like to give back to those certain kids that need that guidance. And if they, they look at me as, okay, well, he was in my predicament, you know, I would like to think of my situation and myself as a beacon of hope. Right. Well, I got, I got to say this to you, Mr. Dugan, that uh, I read that, and I was like, man, I don't need to ask him any more questions because – I'm impressed enough that you are willing to take your situation and turn it into a positive situation mm -hmm. and help the teens because you're right. We kids, we see my wife and I have been in the thing for eight years. We've uh, cared for over 200 kids that have that situation that like they have no hope, but to hear you get to hear your story about giving back and paying it forward. That gives hope to these kids that are struggling. I appreciate that. So my hat comes off to you, man. You, oh, that's you. impressive, man. Real, that's impressive. Real. So yeah. what, I was going to ask you, what made you actually choose wrestling out of all the things you could have done? Like, what kind of steered you to wrestling? I've always loved wrestling. Wrestling, I was obsessed with wrestling. It was bad, bro. Like, I remember I used to go to this alternative school, and I didn't want to do any work. And we weren't allowed to have personal effects at this alternative school. You know, it's alternative school. Right. And I was so obsessed with wrestling that I would tape wrestling magazines on my legs 
to sneak them into the school. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so, you got to do what you got to do. Oh. It was an obsession, you know. And it's funny because that same teacher I had in eighth grade, she remembers that, you know. So it kind of didn't surprise her that I, I became a professional wrestler. And I, I figured, what am I going to do when I come out out of prison? Like, what can mm-hmm. I do that can keep me out of trouble, that can keep me focused? And I was like, let me try the pro wrestling thing out, you know. Honestly, I wanted to be a referee, which I refereed over in New Japan. I was a really good referee. I didn't, you know. It was, believe it or not, it was MVP that told me to stop being a referee and be a wrestler. Really? Wow. MVP's like, listen, he's like, listen, kid. He's like, do you want to be a referee? I was like, yeah, I like it a lot. He's like, you want to be a wrestler? I'm like, I guess. I mean, I like it. He's like, well, listen, you ain't going to be a wrestler if you're that good of a referee. So he said, try to pick what you want and, and stick with it. And then I was doing both, mm-hmm. and um, it was MSL uh, from uh, MLW. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. Do you guys watch MLW? I watched a little bit of it. Yes, yeah. it. Uh, you know the the little tiny guy, uh, Microman. Yes, yes. His oh. manager, the really big guy with the bald head. Okay. He's the one like, – I was one of his students as well. All right. Um, he was the one that was like, yeah, you don't you don't need the referee. Take the shirt off. You're going to wrestle today. <laughs> nice, so nice. I wrestled. I had my first match with Jesse Neal. I don't know if you guys remember him. Name familiar. Yeah, um, sounds Jesse Neal was in TNA. Uh, he had the Navy gimmick. Oh, he, yes. he was a Navy guy, but he had the spike hair. He was with – uh, Shannon Moore and Inconnect. Okay, yep. Oh, gotcha. okay. So he was my very first match. Okay. Um, I did good with him. He took me under his wing. Um, and then, you know, uh, I ended up working uh, West Briscoe. Okay. I did good. He took me under his wing. You know, so it was a lot of guys that weren't selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's they awesome. took me under the wing. They helped me out, and then I just st- stuck with wrestling. Wow, awesome. love it, dog. love it. Yeah, hey, hey. So you're you're not a statistic, obviously. Um, you became a success story. So my question is, you you like to do this for the youth? You said you like to pay it forward. Do you have any any kids that you mentor? And maybe try to get them. You see, maybe they're kind of walking the same road, or they're in the same tough, you know, situations that you were. Do you try and take them and kind of get them, you know, over to where you are now? Like maybe wrestling or or things like that. Do you have any anybody that you mentor? Uh, uh, there's a few uh, kids I know, teenagers that I know. Um, you know, they're they're from the streets, you know, and. Uh, Usually they see me like, yeah, well, what up, do again, da, da, da. you know, try to chop it up. And I'll, and I'll chop it up with them, you know, but, you know, I let them know I'm not on that, you know, and I let them know, like, man, there's a better way. I, I believe in life there's always another way. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. It could be anger problems. It could, it could be anything. Yep. You, you can always find another way, you know. And I always try to tell you when you sell drugs, find another way. Get a job. 16, yep. you know. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't pay more. Okay, well, be patient. Never mm-hmm. know. Somebody might give you what you need. They might, you know, just be like, here you go, brother, you know. 
You know, I believe the Lord works mysterious ways, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So just, you know, you got to keep faith. You got to, you know, keep believing that there, right. there's a better thing out there because prison ain't where it's at. Now, I don't know if any of you guys been there, but. A couple nights in jail. <laughs> I, uh, I had the I had the ability to go to the Indiana, no, the, um, Tennessee State Prison in Chattanooga, and uh, when I was I care I was in a in the foster care up there too, and I uh, they went to through the prison, and um, that's something that I scared straight. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent some time in it, but it was what it was necessary because those people are the same thing that what like you are. They brought some guys in and a female and a guy, and they shared the story of not what not to do. And they had a similar kind of thing. Hey, yeah, this is the path you could take, and but this is what you need to do. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a really interesting place, man. That's one thing I will say. Very interesting. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what's your experience? What was the experience like um, facing um, Elijah Burke in the I Quit match? Oh man. <laughs> so how can I explain Pope? I love him too, man. Me and Pope are like this. We're so close. Um the best person I've ever met, man. Uh wow. so Pope liked me instantly when we first met. Huh? And um he'll test you. He's not gonna give it to you easy. And that I quit match, man. <laughs> He'll do things to test you and see how you're going to respond. There's a, I don't know if you guys watched the match. A little bit, yep. Did, in the beginning of the match, he slapped me. Yes. He didn't call it. He just did it. <laughs> and if you watch, I slapped him back. Yep. And if you notice, there was a pause. Yeah. And he held his mouth. He was spitting blood. <laughs> and that was a real moment because he, he, he pissed me off, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was locked up, you know, from the streets. You know, <laughs> you just slap me around. Slap me, you know? I'm gonna slap you back. We gonna fight for real, like. And he did that not to be disrespectful. He wanted to see if I was gonna react. Am I gonna be the rookie and take the slap because he's Elijah Burke, or mm -hmm. am I gonna give it back to him because I'm also a competitor? Those are the what's wrong, baby girl. Those are the mind games that. He plays, and uh, I remember recently, because he runs shows in Jacksonville as well for his charity. Okay. And what's wrong? But um, he, he runs a show, and I, I book, I help him book a girl, a younger girl, spending for a year, great, great worker, hard worker, and she was scared of Pope because, you know, she was like, he said this and this and this and this. No, Storm. And he's like, he's like, this, 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 and this. And she's like, does he hate me? I'm like, no, he's testing you. You got to be careful with both. He'll test you, you know? Mm -hmm. But that match was a huge learning experience, and it helped my career so much after that match. I bet. Because I, people started looking at me as a major player. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Right. <laughs> I love that, man. Nice. So – I was going to ask you, so with your promotion and stuff, Doug, have you had any, like, big-time wrestler names kind of come down and leave you with any advice, stop by and you know, help you out with stuff, give you any advice, 
Um, Raven was the first. I've had a lot of wrestlers. Matt Condona is another one. Hmm. All right. Um, a lot of those guys come in, and I end up building good relationships with those guys. Uh, my business partner is Alex Red. He's basically the whole face of it. Um, so he runs it, books it, whatever. I don't like doing booking unless I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't book my own. I don't book my own matches. I don't do any of that. You know, like it's it's Red's vision. You know, all I could do is make sure that his vision makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was trained by Pope, so Pope, Pope always tells me. And this is how I learned, honestly, from wrestling. If Pope won't do it, why will you? <laughs> I was like, crap. So if it right. doesn't make sense, don't do it. Right. Good point. That is. That makes sense. Yeah. Very good point. Do you so, find a lot of indie wrestlers doing stupid things that they don't need to do? Oh, absolutely. I, I just watched the match. I'm not going to say his name. Um, he's not a big enough name to even know anyways, but... um. I watched the match, and this match was the shits. It was. It was complete the shits. Um, mm-hmm. No psychology, nothing. You know, um, it was weird, and, and, and that's because you're not getting the proper training. So, you know, it was just, the match was so bad, dude. So it's a lot of indie wrestlers because indie wrestling has evolved so much now to where the cool thing is – to pop the people. Yep. So let me go do this flip that makes zero sense. Yeah. For what? Because guess what? At the end of the night, you just did that cool flip. No one's going to talk about that flip in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh. Order to capture a fan is moments. Mm-hmm. You know? Moments. Absolutely. I can yep. give you an example. Cody Rose even WWE. He wins the NWA world title. That's a moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He didn't have to do nothing cool. But he probably did in that match. And I don't remember because the moment was Cody winning the world title. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The very championship that his father won. That's a moment. And that's a learning experience for the indie wrestlers. How are you going to make a moment? Not the movie. Not, not the moves. Because that move is in that moment. What are you going to do to make a moment for them to come back? Right. That's true. Yeah. I love that you said that. That That's something that's it's so lost nowadays. The storytelling. It's like the moments. It isn't the big pops. And, and people fall into that. They think, well, we got to do this spot. We got to do that spot. You know, we got to do all of this. Why? You know, you, you're going through hitting all these high spots, destroying yourself for what? Just like you said, nobody's going to talk about that. I mean, they see it happen right then, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, maybe they'll pop for it. But there's no moment. For the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to tell you a funny story. It was uh, was, uh, good. I know both of them. I know uh, Drake Maverick. You remember him, WWE? Mm -hmm. I I know him. I'm I'm very good friends with him, and and his wife is my best friend. Okay. And, um, he tells me a story that happened, you know, and it was him and EC3. I, I also know Mike as well, EC3. I've had matches with him as well. Okay. And um, he's they, 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 they were main eventing on Impact or whatever. Right. And <laughs> Mike cracks Drake right in the mouth when he was Rockstar Spud. 
right in the mouth. <laughs> he says, brother, ease up on the punch. We already got the people's money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Why am I going to kill myself? Like, they came for a show. They didn't came to see kill each other. They came for a really good show. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's a, the that's... most smartest wrestler in my book, and he's another one that I, I just respect so much, super nice guy, is Hogan. Mm -hmm. Hogan got away with 15 minutes of posing. Yep. <laughs> 15 yeah. minutes of posing and locking up with someone and throwing them down and possibly doing a shoulder tackle, and then the rest of it was hooking up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> this guy can he can wrestle. Watch his new watch him in Japan. This guy oh, can yeah. work. He's a worker. Yep. But it's a difference from a business person mm -hmm. to a worker. Right. Workers want to go out there and do spots. A business person is gonna go out there and do what draws money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Enzo, Enzo More or Enzo, whatever the fuck he calls himself, yeah. draws money because his talk game is on point. Mm -hmm. yep. He doesn't have to do nothing crazy. People are like, well, he sucked when he's in WWE. Yeah, he did suck, but he had he had the most biggest sales merch out of anyone on the roster when he was with Kaz. That's right. Yep. Why? Because the gimmick sells. Yep. Not the moves. Right. Yeah. And, and people think like you, you know, <laughs> and, and do it that way. You have a much longer career. Instead of, you know, we need this, that, pop. You have a much longer career if you think that way. Like a business instead of like just a worker. We got to go out here and hit a million high spots. Yeah. Yeah. Let me jump off this cage, do a somersault, you know, through a table. Right. I, I, believe, I believe in doing one or two high spots. Mm -hmm. That's it. Or a spot <laughs> in my matches. Right. The, the rest of it is just talk game and cheating. Right. And yeah, it, it has over. to make sense. You know, like right. if I'm, like again, I wrestled Moose, so I'm not going to go in there and have a head on collision with Moose. Yeah. Absolutely not. It makes zero sense for me to go in there and be like, okay, I'm going to fight Moose. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to get him. You know, like, no. He's a big man. How do you make that make sense to the people? In a real fight, this guy's going to kill me. So in a real fight, if he's going to kill me, why don't I take realism and bring it into pro wrestling? Mm -hmm. Pro wrestling, okay, it, it, it's an art form, but you remember I kept running in and out of the match, and when he finally got his hands on me, there was the payoff. He threw me. And then we changed the match into a handicap match because we had the power of the company. Mm -hmm. You know, that psychology is always the best. Right. Yep. And what, what irritates me the most is when you have a match and there's 10 kickouts. Oh, I hate and, it. And I'm like, are you serious? How many, how many times are you going to kick out of a Roman Reigns spear or yeah. a Superman punch or whatever? And you kick out, and you kick out, and you kick out, and you kick out. And I'm like, come on. Well, what kills me is watching a Canadian destroyer happen 100 times, and then yes. the person kicks out, 
and then they lose to like a small package or an inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I get so upset. Yeah. I refuse to watch AEW. <laughs> the only time I liked watching when there was actually quite a few kickouts was that retirement match with Warrior and Hogan, where See, Warrior and, tried and that, everything. That was, and that was different because they were at the time larger than life superstars. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had to portray to being larger than life. You can't just obviously you want Hogan to go under to Warrior because he was supposed to be the next big thing. Right. But we yep. can't bury Hogan in the process. He's our money draw right now. Right. So they protected him by letting him kick out a million times, a million times, a million times. Because guess what? Ultimate Warrior had to keep doing different moves to take out Hulk Hogan. Yep. And I thought that 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 made sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you talk to us about your MLW experience? Um, have you ever ran into uh, one of our one of the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast guests, Alex Kane, at MLW? I had you run into her there. Okay. Um, I've I've always had I always had a good working relationship with MLW. Okay. Um, in wrestling, there's not a lot of direction. You got a handful of guys, and then, you know, okay, if I like you, I'll bring you in. And I'm one of those guys with MLW that they like a lot. They just didn't have a direction. And there's certain things I can't say on here right now. Right, right, right. I just, for me, I don't believe in jobbing out. Gotcha. Once you put that label on you, it's kind of hard to get underneath that shadow. Yep. Um, I do. If you do it a few times, that's cool. Um, shake hands, get get in the building. Um, but for me, I know how the business works, and I just know jobbing is just very hard to get under. Um, no one can tell me right now that a guy that jobbed out a million times has gotten a contract because those bigger companies think to themselves, "Well, I got him in for a few hundred bucks, and I can." Get him to do whatever I want. Why would they offer you a big money contract if they know they can get you for a couple of hundred bucks and then put over the next guy? Yep. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of wrestlers don't think that way, you know. Um, and, you know, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's a business and you're smart for looking at it that way. Yeah. You you get a um like a label. Um I I know I did it a long time ago, but I I held the hardcore title and I was proud of it. And I had a hardcore matches. Well, when we did this big show that was in, I want to say it was Alma, Michigan. And like that George the Animal Steel and all these other big names there. Um, I wasn't booked on the card. And I'm like, why? Well, it was because I was a hardcore wrestler and they, that area, didn't yeah. want a hardcore wrestler there. And I thought, well, this is crap. And they said, well, we'll let you come out and cut a promo. I'm like, but that sucks because then, and that was the first time I saw that. I, I was too naive to see it before that, but you get labeled as that. Absolutely. And then that just follows you everywhere you go. They just assume that's who you are and that's what you do. And you can't, you, you won't break outside of that. So like yeah. you said, if they think you're a jobber, then they just, yeah, he's just a jobber. Yeah, and it sucks, but but that's what it is. That's why with me, I do singles, but if you notice, I do tag team. You can't keep me in one spot and say, well, 
I need a cruiserweight wrestler. Oh, I need a tag wrestler. You know? They, you know, I, I made sure to venture out on a lot of them and stuff just so I don't get labeled. Very smart. Very smart. Very smart. I love that. Now, now I have more of a chance to get booked anywhere. Yep. You know, with my partners or by myself. Oh, yeah. Anywhere you go. And, and yeah, even that's if I perfect. Do singles, I do a lot of singles. I always make sure to have my team with me. All right, I'm doing singles, guys. Which one of you guys want to come? Anyone wants to come? Represent brothers in arms. Eventually, they see both of us. They're going to put us both on the show together. Right. And it always happens that way. Yep. So that's smart. That's, that's smart. You understand the business. I was going <laughs> to understand. Well, so what's your ultimate goal? Is it kind of just uh, build build your organization up? Or if you got a chance to move up to a bigger one, would you do that? Um, I have a lot of good working relationships. Uh I'm not going to always want to wrestle. I, I feel like I'm going to end up getting some type of management role somewhere, most likely Impact or MLW. Okay. Um, I have a very good relationship with Impact um, with my company alone of what we do at Atomic. Uh, to- every time uh, Impact comes to Orlando or whatever, they, they hit us up all the time. Nice. Um, they're like, hey, we need this. this, this, this. I'm like, All right. And, you know, I've been offered to travel with them and do the ring crew, get my foot in the door. Uh, so I have a good relationship with a few people there. there and go. it helped, you know, having Deanna Perazzo, Rich Swan, and right. all these people backing me up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, 30 minutes is up, man. I thank you for your time. Question So, you, are you living in Orlando right now? No, I actually stay in Titusville. I like to be alone, so yeah. I stay like thirty minutes from Orlando. All right, my, fam- cool. huh? my family's coming to Orlando in uh, February, man. And I was gonna, if you're in Orlando, I was gonna hit you up and maybe so I can at least shake your hand for being out. Oh, absolutely, show. brother. I'm always in Orlando, man. I mean, it's literally like Orlando's like thirty minutes, twenty all minutes. Right. If it's all right with you, I'll I'll text you, let you know that I'm in Orlando yeah. at that point in time, so I can at least meet the man that I uh, that was on our podcast. Yeah, and if you guys ever need like uh, wrestlers or whatever, you know, uh, names or 100%. whatever, let me let me know. You know, I, you know, freaking, I know a lot of wrestlers that do podcasts, Teal Piper, a bunch of people. You know, I guess I'll say this: the invitation is open. If you are willing to send people our way, can you, yeah. give, you can give my name, give my name on Facebook, and I'm like, I've been messaging you, so that'd be amazing to um, work with you that way. Uh, Podcasters will help the wrestlers stay, you know, in touch and letting a different view of audience know who we are. Yeah, so yeah. it's, I feel like everybody plays their part in this. And you were a wrestler, so you know better, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well you, thank you. you. I would say real quick, you mentioned his name, so I'm gonna throw it out there, man. Rich Swan. <laughs> I would love the love that podcast, Rich Swan. No, uh, yeah, yeah, Swan. Yeah, he's probably gonna be a tricky one. I love Swan. But that guy is all over the place. Like, I mean, if he ain't traveling with Impact, he's at home with his baby. If he ain't home with the baby, then he's hiding somewhere playing his PlayStation, making universe, <laughs> universe mode and stuff on a damn game, man. Swan kills me, man. No, but I, it was an honor having you on the show, Mr. Dugan. Um, and, yeah, if you, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll message you later on this evening. To- yes. 
to work some maybe work some things out. But thank you for your, your time. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to stay on uh, for a little longer. We're going to talk about AEW All In um, and stuff like that. But you have a blessed night, my friend. You too, brother. Thank you, thank you guys thank you. for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So that was an awesome interview, guys. Um, he had lots yep. to say. I wish that we could have went longer, but um, that was great. And I just this is before we get into A the AEW All In, and um, he said some things that made sense. I, I'll use that phrase. Yep, makes sense. So yep. you know, there's I, a lot of. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I. I got like I feel like I'm gonna have diarrhea of the mouth right now because oh. <laughs> everything he said is the way that I feel as somebody who did it, as somebody who was a fan before I did it, and as somebody who sees the stuff. What he said about how he can't watch AEW, I love the talent that they have. I can't stomach it because I get I don't care for the high spots. And, and the people who get behind it, and they're like, oh, well, you never see wrestling like this in WWE. No, you wouldn't see like a Roman Reigns doing that stuff because he's smart. And it has to be believable, and you have to tell a story. That's why Cody left and went back to WWE, because they tell stories. That's why you can have a longer career. That's why you got people like Edge that was able to come back from his injury. I, I hate to dog it because I love the people they have on AEW, but that just that mentality of, we got to go out and do this and do that. It's just, it's just, it's chaos. It's like organized or disorganized chaos. So I love all that stuff that he said. I was like, so into it because it makes sense. Right. I mean, a couple months ago, Sting threw, uh, did a, did a dive, uh, like a suplex off a freaking top of a rope through a table with, an, I can't remember what it was. That made absolutely zero sense for a 65 year old man to do that. With a guy that has a neck injury, that yep. makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? You know, and yep. there was a there was a TikTok. I won't name her name. I love her. She's very good at what she does. You know, and she had a hot take that Roman Reigns is a worse champion than Orange Cassidy. What? And I was like, and her oh. her logic. Now wait, her logic was, and I, I didn't. I wanted to chime in, but I didn't. And thankfully, someone said something. The logic behind what she was saying was because Orange Cassidy defends his belt on a weekly basis, which is true. He does. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, he does. But mm-hmm. now we go back to do what's smart for money. Roman Reigns, as far as I know, is still one of the top two T-shirt sales for people in WWE. The draw. He still puts asses in seats. Yep. He's a draw. I believe I I get the gimmick of Orange Cassidy being a draw, but who does Orange Cassidy face on a on a weekly basis? Nobody. 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 Oops, maybe somebody. Nobody. Nobody. Oops, maybe somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Roman Reigns. And the story going to the storytelling because there's no storytelling over here in AEW. Nope. Roman Reigns is in part of a big, the biggest storyline in wrestling history, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. And for him That's to facts. show up on a Friday, we're not gonna we're not showing we're not wanting him to show up on a Friday to wrestle. Let's be honest. 
we're wanting to see what he has to say in the tribal court or the tri- in the ring as a tribal chief. Yeah. And all he has to do is put a mic in his hand and talk. Yep. And go maybe, home. And then maybe do five or six moves. Maybe five <laughs> or six moves to get out. Yeah. Because he's because he's what he's smart. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can. And I'll be honest. Keep that storyline going until WrestleMania. People hate it, but you're not going to stop that. You're not going to tell Triple H or Vince or whoever's in charge, hey, let him make him wrestle every every week. No. They wouldn't do that. The risk of injury. Yeah, they wouldn't do that anyway. No. They they understand that. That's just you. It, at a certain point, you almost have to, like Triple H knows, because he, he was at a point where Vince was like, you know what? Why don't you? Why don't you do some real work? Why don't you put on a suit and a tie? You you almost have to drag those guys out of it that love to do it. Right. You have to make them slow down, right? So that way you can, you know, they can have a longer career because otherwise they'll still they love it. They're still going to keep doing it, right? Even but, the even the Stone Cold, yeah. He yep. didn't get. Let's be honest. He came down to the ring, a foot to the gut. Uh, his his move, he gets up, a, stun, a stunner, he gets up, drinks some beer, and goes. Yep. He'll talk he trash may, here or there. <laughs> yeah, talks trash here or there, and, he, and he's gone. But those were moments, just moments. like he was saying. Those are yes. moments. That's what you remember. You remember those yes. moments. You know, the, the business side of it, this is something I didn't know until I got in the business um, in the state of Michigan. And he mentioned Hulk Hogan, too. Do you know Hulk Hogan? would only work certain cities in Michigan. Okay. Only certain cities. And I, I was blown away when I found that. I'm like, really? I, and I thought about it. I'm like, well, no wonder you never seen him at, you know, he, would, he wouldn't, he would for the longest time, he'd never work Lansing. I'm like, Lansing is the state capital. He wouldn't work Lansing. He would work Detroit. He would work, he, would, he was selective about where he showed up. It just, to him, it was a business decision. Mm-hmm. And people can look at that for for whatever, but that stuff works. And that's how you, when you make decisions like that, and then you have to value your career and you have to value your, like, your time, you know, more than just, oh, I'm going to go out here and, I, I hate to bash on AEW, but I just, I love all that stuff that he was saying. It's just, no. I still think that way. I, I still think, like, watching WWE, I understand there's a story and there's things going on. And if there is a bump, like Andre the Giant took a body slam from Hogan. When was the last time Andre the Giant took a body slam? His back, he was destroyed. His back was so bad, he couldn't sleep. Like he was laying on the, you hear all those stories about it where Vince had him staying and they didn't even know if they could do the match. And he said, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. They're like, boss, are you sure you can go? And he said, I'm going to do it. And and he went and he did it and he took that slam in that match because that was a moment. Yep. And to piggyback off what you said, uh, huge pop was, uh, you know, the storylines, it's what puts the booties in the seats, man. Every yep. They can talk all the crap they want to about Roman Reigns, but let's look at the statistics. Every week, that is getting more viewership because now everybody wants to know what's going on with just the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Just the bloodline alone is bringing more viewership. Everybody's getting interested in it. Right. They, they yeah. want to know what's going on in that story. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And why? And why? Because you know damn well Jay Uso is not wrestling. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Uso gets in the ring. Solo hits a spike in a in a spear, and he's done. Mm-hmm. But you remember that whole moment of the tribal chief of the tribal court of the what happened? We don't 
talk about, uh, let's be honest, that SummerSlam match with Jimmy or Jay and Roman, that, that was a great match. I will never, that, that was awesome. A lot of mm-hmm. high spots, a lot of stuff that happened, but what do we remember? Jimmy coming out of the crowd, super kicking Jay, and that was it. It was that moment. That moment, you know, and. It was just so weird. I just thought that that's in a, my youngest daughter stayed up with me. So she's watching the pay-per-view tripping out with me, my yeah. nine-year-old. And I'm like, I was like, that's Jimmy. It makes no sense. Well, <laughs> so yeah, like, even the, even when Jay the next week came into Friday night SmackDown, he's like, I guess I'm out of the bloodline. I'm out of SmackDown. Now I'm out of WWE deuces. Now he said that to the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's saying that to the camera. Yep. After he super kicked Jimmy, when Jimmy came walking out, he said that to the camera. Yeah, and I was like, "What does that mean?" You know, and like my brother and I were talking, you know, and um, and somebody, a a, uh, a creator on TikTok, Heel Kevin, said it probably as good as anybody could say it. And okay, so Roman Reigns had some time away, a couple weeks, you know. Jimmy got hurt, got rushed off in an ambulance. He was gone for two or three weeks. weeks. <laughs> Solo's just new. He's just a fresh guy. So let's talk about him as he's going to work for a while because that's what the, that's what the new guy does, right? Mm-hmm. Jay, if you remember from the beginning, Jay has never had any time off. He's been carrying. I mean, look at Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Tried yep. to, he's always been there. He Boy, has. Road, he's been there. He's been yep. there. He's been there. Triple H is smart and says, whoa, let's continue the storyline this way and give Jay Jay some time off. Do whatever you want to do. And my brother was like, you know what? He could take three to four months off and show back up and and win the Royal Rumble or get in the Royal Rumble and dump Jimmy over the top. That's going to start the feud. If that's something, yep. It'll mean something not going to WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, It's because business, you know, then we got – that's smart business. Mm-hmm. Then we it's storytelling, and then we have AEW, and I love AEW. I really do. I I love this. I love the people that are in AEW. The some it's of the like me. I love the people. Right, but this stadium stampede number three. Why are we going to have Moxley? And Moxley t- does a lot of. I love Moxley. Moxley mm-hmm. is one of my favorite. Oh yeah, but he's that guy. That does the complete opposite of what our guest was was talking about. This yeah. guy, him and Casanova and um, all that group. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, shoot, um, Eddie Kingston. Eddie. Oh, Eddie. Crazy, okay. Crazy yeah. spots. Crazy spots. For what? Those guys are going to be short careered if they continue doing that that crazy stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. He he kind of had that start too, where he used to do that. Um, I don't even remember what it was called, but they would have those crazy death matches, and Moxley did that stuff. Yeah. Um, now obviously WWE eh, they don't they don't allow people to do that. It's a I'm shocked, but it's just because Mick Foley. I think Jim Cornette said it probably best. He said everybody loved Mick Foley so much, even if he had an idea like that, like. I'm going to bring out some thumbtacks or I'm going to bring this out. They didn't want to tell him no, because they're just like, oh, Nick's such a good guy. So they would let him do it. 
So he got away with stuff in the WWE that nobody would. And Moxley's one of those guys that likes to do, but but the WWE is a machine, okay? And you have to, you got to see the big picture. And guys yep. can't go doing this and doing that where they could potentially get like, you know, hurt or or something crazy will happen. So they have to be controlled. Whereas they're allowed to kind of do weird stuff over there. And I, I don't know. Like you just have to be, there has to be somebody who is respected, who calls the shots, exactly. who says, who says, yes, you can, or no, you can't. And that's you know, just, kind of, that's just how it's going to be over there. And if you're yeah. doing something dumb like that, if you're doing some, all those spots, I have bad respect for a guy that we never talk about, but uh, the GCW, Nick Gage. Okay, mm. listen to me. You ever watch any of Nick Gage? He is one <laughs> hardcore beast. Yeah, Nick Gage, I've seen some stuff. But he shows up at the last, he has five minutes. And in those five minutes, he has such a following for all the hardcore stuff, and crazy stuff he does. It's whether it's going through a table or a barbed wire table or get hit over the head with uh, light bulbs. Yep. It's a one shot. He doesn't take that shot five or six times a night. It's one shot and done. Yep. Because it's smart. Yeah. Because he's good. Yep. So. We'll see. Well, we were talking about how like uh, uh, the, the chaos, I guess you would say, in AEW, which, I, once again, I love pretty much all the wrestlers there. I, I, I do really like them. You know, but uh, look at Wardlow. I totally believe that he's just being, he's not really being used really good. Nope. And I believe his contract is about to be up if it's not up already. Mm -hmm. And that brings so questions many right people, there. Though. They have so many people. He's a big guy. He's a phenomenal athlete. But they started bringing in, they did the same thing that TNA did. And, and they did the same thing that WCW did, you know, years earlier. Yep. They are bringing in all the talent that they can. And then they, they basically, they oversaturate their own company. So how do you use that many people? Well, then we're going to break off and we'll have this show and we'll have that show. And you just have too many people and some people, everybody's got egos. So you bring in some of them big names and they're going to want to be used. Um, so somebody like him, who's kind of like an unknown, like, look how good AJ Styles was. Like, I'm sorry, how good he is. Stupid talented. Mm -hmm. But look how he kind of just kind of fell down the roster yep. on impact when they started bringing in all this other talent. And before you know it, you felt like, man, I've seen this before on WWE or I felt I've seen this segment before on WCW. And that talent that was that good is just dropped down to the bottom. He's almost forgotten about. Because all these big name people want their spots up there, guys who couldn't even really do it anymore. And I hate to say it like that, but it's just no, it's facts, and that's what happens. They just drop yeah. down. And um, you do have young talent on on AEW. You you do have young talent, but you can't have this. Where again, I'm quoting Cornette. I don't agree with everything he says. Well, I actually I agree with when it comes to wrestling. I agree with almost everything that he says. Where you have buddies, you know, and they just kind of want to like make their other make their buddies look good and stuff like that, and they do all these spots and everything, and it's like that's what the young like Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, isn't he the one who got the ring and wrestles with his hands in his pockets, yeah, you know, and everybody's like, that's so cool, no one's ever done that before. I'm like, how was that cool? 
Like, I, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, like, look when, um, what happened when they brought Keith Lee over? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome, you know, and they had him yep. for a little bit. They brought in other talent. You barely see Keith, like, uh, I think I've just seen him once or twice in the past couple of shows. I'm like, you don't really see Keith anymore. And the way to use freaking good young talent is the way NXT did when Triple H was running it. That's how you that's how you get guys that nobody knows and turn them into stars. The way NXT was ran when Triple H did it. Mm-hmm. And then he got sick. And then it, you know, he, he they basically took it from him. Yeah. And they gave it to Sean. And I love Sean's my favorite wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. But Triple H has that mind and he understood, like, give these people a chance. Give these people because he was given a chance. So he saw that. And as much crap as Vince McMahon gets from people, and I know now he he likes to think of goofy things or whatever, but that guy had mind for the business and he was the bottom line and everybody knew it. Yep. It was just period, end of story. He's the freaking boss. And you don't cross the boss. Right. And yeah, his no, stuff I, made sense. Yep. And I do like, uh, like you said, you know, there's big names. And the difference, I think, between AEW and, and WWE is Vince and Tripp and Sean and whoever's in the back and it makes these decisions, they got a, they got a vision. Mm-hmm. They got storylines. AEW, as Tony Khan, this was a phrase I heard, I think my brother said or somebody said in, on a TikTok. Tony Khan is like a kid that has a bunch of wrestling figures. I mean, he has a toy box of wrestling figures, and he pulls them out, and let's see who's going to face this guy, and let's see who's going to face this guy, and let's go. Oh, my gosh. That's the he, best analogy I have ever yeah. heard. <laughs> ever. That's right perfect. <laughs> that is what, perfect. That's what it makes. It makes that is, that's, what you, that's what you see. Yep. That's what you see. I mean, you see, yeah. Well, now, wasn't it, um, Cody? Sorry, um, Nikki D. You had mentioned it where, um, when he left AEW, came over. Wasn't it him? I'm pretty sure that was saying how he loves it there. But you didn't have the storytelling behind the business. There was just it was letting everyone else kind of call their shots. Yep. And, yep. And he said that's why he. He said, okay, there's no long-term, there's no storytelling, there's nothing. Basically, everybody was kind of like representing themselves, and you would throw ideas around. They were it's like a big indie show. Well, not even an indie show, because a promoter will still call the shots in an indie show. You know, you don't get to go in there and say, I'm going, unless you're a really big name. Um, but usually you walk in there and your name's circled or underlined, and that means you're going over. And if your name isn't, then you know that you're jobbing and you you get together and you work out the match and that's it. Um, there's no there's no politics. There's none of that stuff. But in AEW, it's yeah. Cody would know. Dude, Cody would know because he helped get that company off the ground and he left. <laughs> he jumped ship because, I, think, I mean, it's. I think that's why you're going to see MJF and he says the war of 24. He's not. Oh, yeah. He's not dumb. Let's face it. Nope. Uh, And he's one of the smart work, like uh, our guest Jason Dugan said, you know, he comes in the ring, what's he do? He He runs his mouth. (laughs) Runs his mouth. He doesn't have to wrestle. Nope. 
I don't come to see it. I, matter of fact, I'll, be, I'll probably get heat about this. I don't like his. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't, he's good, but he's better on the mic than he's in the ring. In, in ring talent. Maybe it's because he doesn't do much in ring talent. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to. No. I mean, we got a match. To. We got the MJF Adam Cole match at for the AEW Championship. I don't care who wins it, but you know darn well it's going to be not a bunch of high spots. They're going to get in. They're going to get out. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a winner. You know, it'll probably be MJF. I don't think it's time for him yet. But Those are two great. Oh, they are great, two great talents. And then they have a, that earlier on in the night. They have a tag team champ match against um, RO, to win the ROH World Tag Team Championship. Again, they're going to come in there, run their mouth. Adam Cole's going to do the Bay Bay thing, and it's going to be in and out, and we're done. Mm-hmm. Because they're smart. Yep. And they're probably ones that tell Tony Khan, no, dude, uh-uh. We don't have to have a big old yep. thing. No. So, like, huge pop. Do you really think that – I think it's a very good chance that – MJF could jump ship when his contract's up if the money's worth it. I believe he will, um, based because if I didn't, if I didn't know that um, AEW is going to sign a new contract with a new, um, I think they're signing new TV or something where their their stuff, their content is going to get um, more. They're they're going to be asked to cut their art rated R stuff to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's because MJF is a businessman. He's going to go where the money is, and he's going to go where he doesn't have to be. He's not. He's going to go where he doesn't have to do much. And I'm not saying that because I'm not saying he's a dumbass or he's a lazy wrestler. Yeah. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. My question is, I wonder why Adam Cole left, knowing that. What he knows the difference. I mean, I know he left because he wanted to go with his buds. He wanted to be with his buddies. Yeah, but think of Britt Britt Baker, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, you know, they're a couple and they're they're working for different companies. So, um, that that was the most depressing thing for me because he was my favorite on NXT. Mm -hmm. And I thought when this guy hits the main Mm -hmm. roster, holy crap. Like it is going to be unreal, and they gave him matches that, and he, he, you know, he showed he was just so good. And I, they were calling up all these other people from NXT, and I almost think Triple H, because that's when Triple H was still running. He intentionally, and, and nobody, nobody can verify this. This is just my own opinion. I think he intentionally kept him on NXT. He's like, nope, <laughs> you're not going there because they're gonna pull you up there and say to call yourself Trevor Salamander <laughs> and you're like from the desert or something, give him some stupid gimmick because that's what was happening in the end there. They were bringing people up that were so red hot and giving them stupid gimmicks when they got to the main roster. And then they were just buried. They were buried by people who probably felt threatened, you know, that they were going to lose their spot to them. So, and it's, it's just such a shame. So he was, in a sense, I think he was protected to a degree because he was kept on NXT because he never looked bad. He never looked bad. He Man. always was like the, a stud. And then then he was gone. Well, I mean, I mean if look. you think about it, they look at the – because the, they don't know really exactly what's going on in AEW yet. They see this new business like, hey, I, 
I, I can have more creative control with what I want to do and stuff like that. And yeah, so let's go ahead. Let's go over there. And then they come to find out like, oh, wow, the grass is not really greener on the other side. Right. You know, maybe some of them have thought that. I don't know. But I just Adam Cole, I think, was Brit. But, you know, other parts, he just wanted to kind of see what was what was going yeah. on in another company. I mean, you have freedom there, too. And and that's the thing is like that that creative freedom is a double edged sword because it's short term, you know, again, like our guest was saying, that you're you're doing spot, you're doing stuff that isn't going to last. These aren't moments. So all of that stuff eventually just it fades away and nobody remembers it. Where um and I think that's the that's where the heat comes in with CM Punk because CM Punk knows the business. CM Punk understands the business he's smart and he goes there he he automatically becomes the biggest draw they had and then there's heat you know what i mean there's heat with 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 like the young bucks and you know well who was it i always forget his name the cowboy hangman and page and and, and page you know there was all that heat because he kind of quote unquote he went into business for himself when he was shooting that you know cutting that promo and everything and it ticked punk off and I get all that and I don't hate Adam Page, but I, you know, at the same time, I see where Punk's coming from and Punk was about doing what was best for business. Right. He's always, he's always been that way. He always, from the time he was like ECW and you watch, CM Punk did shows that I did. I remember CM Punk way back in the day when I was working with all these guys who went on to be on TV because God told me to get out of the business. So I did, but I remember CM Punk, he always did what was like what made sense and you did that all and he's doing it now but it's just the thing is like they don't want to listen to that none of those guys want to hear oh you shouldn't do nine high spots or you shouldn't do this you should they don't want to listen to the people like him who've been there so i was shocked that he came back honestly but i don't i guess it's because he'll never go back to wwe probably not <laughs> but you're right i think I read an article. CM Punk, I believe, is misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I think he was misunderstood in the scrum. Yeah. I'll catch you from my brother if he watches this. I think he's <laughs> misunderstood now. I think you're right. He's a smart businessman. Mm-hmm. He knows what this business needs. And Tony Khan, as much as he as he gets to being a dumb, uh, stupid person, I think he's smarter than a lot of us realize. Yep. He, why? Why would you not bring CM Punk back? Exactly. You know he's going to draw heat. You knew he's going to put butts in seats. You know everybody's going to watch Collision because that's the show he's on. Yep. And yep. so um, I know we're getting close to an hour, um, and I got things I got to do. Um, but I just had a booking idea. It's because of something you said, Nikki D. Okay. It has, to, it has to do with you. Okay. The idea of Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast making a trip to CWF Christian Wrestling Federation Rockwell, Texas is in the air. You got out of the business because God told you to get out of the business. Mm-hmm. Now you're in the ministry of some, with, with you're doing some stuff with your church. Wouldn't it be cool if CWF is watching this, which they probably will, Rico and I could come down as commentary managers and bring back Nikki D 
for one time only <laughs> to show up and take on big fits or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you you remember the interview you did last night or the interview where yeah. we talked about being in ring shape? That's yeah. a real thing. That is a real thing. I'm not even kidding. If you start blowing up like, and I would, I would, all the cardio and strength training and everything I do now is all just for like longevity and bodybuilding and, or competitive bodybuilding and things like that. Not the wrestling ring. Oh my word. <laughs> That's a whole different type of cardio. It's a whole different type of animal. It yeah. really is. I remember back in the day when we did the little wrestling and stuff, you know, you after 10 minutes of 15 the most, you know, you're sitting there, ah, ah, <laughs> you can't breathe. Yep. And I knew how to pace myself back then. And I knew how to, how to, how to work the crowd. And I, I spent most of my career as a heel and um, which I was like, gosh, that means you have to, the face, the baby face is taking the heat. So you have to be able to, that's why I was thankful for severance. Cause when I was at Mike Shaw's, I learned chemistry and ring psychology, which I'm very thankful for because that's the ebb and flow of a match. That's telling a story. But then you, you can't tell much of a story if you don't know how to apply wrestling hold. And that's where Severin came into play and taught all these wrestling moves and submission moves and, and all these things. So it's like, okay, if you get, in a spot where you're stuck, you you just know you can put this on or you can do this move or whatever, especially as a heel. Right. So, yeah, it's – but you do. You get exhausted. You. <laughs> so you better get the training is what he's trying to say. Right, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'll I tell mean, you what. You two, you two can climb in the ring and get that experience, and I will be your manager. I'll be the manager. I would love to go one more round. Well, there you go. There you go. See, huge pop. You and I can be the managers, right? Right. And and Rico, Reek, we'll Reek can get we'll in there. Suave one back. All right, Reek, Reek. Well, yeah, you can do the suave one, and I'll stand on the outside and enjoy from the outside. Well, yeah, that that looks like it hurt, doesn't it? Yes, Let's it go. Ooh, ah. <laughs> well, guys, it's been real fun. I'm staying in the lobby, but um, huge pop wrestling podcast. Tune in weekdays, mon uh, week every day of the week, Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have something, whether it's a vault, whether it's an old show we post up on here. Thank you guys for all the support. Hit the subscribe button. Go check us out on all YouTube channels. Um, Rico Reyes is the YouTube channel you're seeing that's um, <laughs> plugged up here. ProWrestlingTees.com. Um, thank you, my guy, Nikki D, for supporting uh, a huge pop wrestling podcast shirt. I seen that you got one. That's yeah, awesome. I just forgot to wear it, but I got it. It looks well, great. I'm getting you can get next. Your, <laughs> you can get your shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com, huge pop wrestling podcast. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all the people watching and that watch after the fact. Um, I thank you, Jason Dugan, for showing up and sharing your story. Thank you, Jason. For sure. Um, I, thank you. I thank you for the hot plugs that you're going to give to your wrestlers that you work with. That's, I'm excited about that. Um, and I'm going to play something for Bobby Graham if he's watching oh. as, as, we close the show, <laughs> as we close the show. Love you guys. Love you. Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Hang tight, Nikki D, and recreate. <laughs> I am the way, the truth.
Survival Club. Eternal life. He is the way and he's Jesus Christ's gift. Nobody comes to the Father.